she's just somebody who acts with her entire body. Oh yeah. And being, and she, she's so smart about when it's time to physicalize something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's just like, I'm feeling this so much that I like, I just need to fucking grab my heart, Mm -hmm. you know? Very Italian. (laughs) But, uh, that it's very Jewish, but it, you know, it's that, it's that thing. And it's like, it's an unspoken thing between her and this man that basically raised her. Like, and she's just like, you, like you're breaking something that is right connects us right stop it just own up to your mistake so i can fix it yeah so the so shlomo this is where he kind of appears as our new candidate for like the villain behind everything right what's going on because i is it six with a professor yes so they're out of Gaza. So now the question, so we're, the present day is answering the question of what did Ephra do um, to get them out? And, you know, as you said, the Stein Foundation, uh, the like philanthropic wing of the company, they fund a lot of universities. And these universities accept Israeli and Palestinian students. They are meant to be these sort of bastions of the unity that they are trying to achieve and really embody Nessa Stein's goal in terms of equity of access and equity of opportunity um, in education. So they are seen as sort of these, these citadels of the potential piece in the Middle East. And uh, so it's very, very important to the Steins that, you know, there is no discrimination in the admissions process, that there is no favoritism being displayed toward uh, former members of, uh, God, was it IDF? Yes, IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, like that they aren't given like favoritism in admissions um, over like Palestinians, basically. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like I I had some Israeli friends in college and it's you you have to serve in the army for at least a little bit. So it's like you do your duty to your country and then you can and then you go on and go to school yeah so it's you know you're seeing you're seeing a lot of these young students who have have already served they're like one or two year terms um going to these universities now right so there becomes this sort of self-contained episode story of this computer science professor uh at one of these universities who is looking at the enrollment list for one of his classes. And he's noticing that there is a student who should be on that list as having been accepted, who is Palestinian, who is not on that list. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And that his place was given to uh, an Israeli soldier who did not perform well on the test. 
you know, so he immediately jumps to uh, this is discrimination. And in trying to kind of uncover, so he's got to kind of sneak back into the admissions office and find these tests. And in his snooping, he stumbles upon this room that is full of servers and like these three guys sitting over computers with headphones on. Yeah. And they're like, can we help you? Like, who the fuck are you, man? This is the middle of the night. And he just stumbles into this like closet that is full of these like top of the line servers. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Get out. (laughs) And so he leaves and you're like, well, that's some shady spy shit going on there. Mm -hmm. Put a pin in that. Right. Finds the test. And so that, and that leads him to talking to the student and seeing the Israeli man who got the slot, who like didn't do well on the test. So he is like, I'm going right to the press Mm -hmm. to say that this university is giving preferential treatment to Israeli soldiers enrolling um, over Palestinians. And that is like directly in contradiction to the mission statement of the Stein group and these Stein funded universities. So he thinks he's like blown the lid off something. And of course, Nessa is very concerned about this because she's like, is that real? Is that what we're doing? Because he's, if that's the case, he's right. That is a big problem. Right. You know, and Ephra is very quick to be like, you know, he just jumped the gun. Like this is one instance, like it's, this is like a needle in a haystack, you know, there's nothing to suggest that this is like actually a pattern, you know, Mm-hmm. He just, he thinks he's blowing the whistle on something. He'll be discredited very quickly because he went immediately to the press and did right. no other investigation, you know? So he's kind of like, it's one guy, like, we'll be able to handle this, you know? But Nessa is like, okay, but we need to make sure he's wrong first. <laughs> right. And, you know, so all of that is happening and meanwhile there's this document i don't really quite get there's like this this document that has been being passed around the spies that is suggesting a connection between shlomo and hezbollah Mm -hmm. and this document is being used to discredit Shlomo and be like, he's a bad actor um, and good thing he didn't get that contract because he is um, not for the cause. Sure. You know, he is an Israeli militant and he's actually going to cause destruction, you know. Right. And they do find Hayden Hoyle like finds the like wiretap thing. Well, yes, that happens after this. So we find out, but we then come to find that that document has been forged. Okay. So in tandem, we find out that 
like maybe Shlom was working with Israeli terrorists. And then, um, well, so we find that out and, and Hayden Hoyle and, and Nessa has this like creepy little PI with like a little red mustache. He's like a oh very God. kooky character. And he Mr. is the Shmaco. one. Yeah, he comes to Nessa and is like, this is a real document. This is a fake one. This says this about Shlomo. This says he's working with Hezbollah. We mm -hmm. now know for a fact that this Hezbollah connection document is fake. Mm -hmm. And we know that the person responsible for this fake document is Monica Chatwin. So that's like, what mm -hmm. the fuck? And then Eve Bess rolls in, Monica Chatwin is called to Nessa's office and she's like, bitch, you better explain this to me. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, why are you trying to frame him? You know, why are you trying, like, why did you do this? Uh, just so that he wouldn't get the contract. And she's like, well, yeah, but like, because what he's actually doing is so is much worse. Much worse. Yeah, And then that's like the cliffhanger of the episode. So then in the next episode, we don't know what Eve Best has just told Nessa Stein. And then in the next episode, we see Nessa contacting the men on the ground that are installing these miles and miles of cables. Mm -hmm. And she goes to like the head of that operation. And she's like, I need you to go to this university or, you know, like, I need you to go check out this area. He's like, okay. Because he, he's an engineer, so. Yes, engineer. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. So she gets, like, the top engineer that is doing this installation and asks him to look into this specific location that I think is near the university well, and it's on like Shlomo's site because he was in charge of like either the first or second rollout. He owns all the buildings. Right, right, right. But the Steins own all the cables. It's like that kind of thing where it's like it's his property. So but the stuff is like on land that he has like he's made all of this stuff happen. Right. So they like go to the site that's that sh like on Shlomo's site and they find this other like What's device. it called? like a shredder or something like that yeah, a shutter. Yeah. yeah i think you're right something like that yeah something that uh it's a wiretapping device it's a wiretap yeah um and this is at a location that is like on or near the west bank so like this is the channel through which all communication between israeli and palestinian users goes through basically so like anyone contacting anyone in israel and palestine anyone who wants to listen in and spy on any of these citizens can do so um so now this has become this like huge multinational conspiracy of like oh my god shlomo is like wiretapping <laughs> and he's like dude like, i want and he's like so they like orchestrate. So once Nessa has like done that job and then meanwhile, this professor has been killed. Right. Oh yeah. He's like found in a dumpster dead. Yeah. Because and they give him, don't they give him like, 
they make it don't they make it look like he like overdosed on heroin yeah yeah something like that i think it's like fentanyl or something oh fentanyl okay well whatever it is because fentanyl will kill you quicker than that but yeah there you go um so he's like covered in these like lemons and then nessa is drinking like a vodka with lemon in it and it's like that's another there are a few really really good um you know, it's pretty straightforward cinematography wise. They're not trying to be too arty. Yeah, no, it's gotta be. Cause like they can't do, dug, they gotta I tell you the story as like, clearly as they can. Oh, completely. Yeah. But yeah. um, so they orchestrate this whole reveal, you know, where she's got the engineer in there. She's got Ephra. She's got, Nautica Chatwin is not there if I recall correctly. Right. But she's got like, I think Hayden Hoyle is there. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not. But Nessa, Francis, Ephra, Shlomo, and this engineer all gather in Nessa's office with the intention of catching him out, basically. Mm. She's like, do you know what this thing is? He's like, absolutely not. I don't know what any of this technology is because it's stupid and boring. I just like want, I just own this company to be a billionaire. Yeah. And no one believes him. And they all are like, oh my God, you are like, you've betrayed our family. You've compromised us. He's compromised everything I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know, she's so heartbroken over this. And he can't do anything other than like, somebody is lying to you. This is not true. I don't know what to do to make you believe me. Cause he's just like, I love you. You know, like you're like a child to me. And if that's not enough for you to trust me, like you'll have to just come to that on your own, you know? So then he is like, let me go talk to Hayden Hoyle and figure this out. He's doing, he starts doing his own research to say yeah. like, I want to know who's like black. Who is framing me? me. Yeah, yeah. Who's blackmailing me? Who's framing me for this? Because this is all part of what, of the framing Israel. Right. Um, so, You know, and Hayden Hoyle start is like kind of starting to put together the Ephra piece of this. And first yeah. he goes to him and is like, so this admissions thing, is that what you had to do? Like you had, is that one of the right deals you had to make? And he's like, and Ephra has such a fucking snot attitude with all of these MI6 agents every time. And I'm like, like, where do you get off having that attitude with them? Like they are spies. They already know everything you've done, motherfucker. Like you're going to end up crying and confessing in two scenes from now anyway, because you're a little fucking bitch. (laughs) Like when he tries to like whip his dick out to Janet McTeer and be like, you don't know anything. She's like, we know lol ever, like we know, you know more than you think and we know more than you do about what you're involved yeah. in yeah completely 
like, what the fuck upper hand do you think you have right now, little boy? Like, I'm the head of MI6, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Ephra's weakness is um is a <laughs> pervading factor. God. Through the He's entire- self-serving, because that's the thing. Yeah. He is not, like... And not necessarily in, like, a nasty way, but it's what I was saying before, where he he is not a true believer in the cause the way nessa is right um and that gets in the way and that you know makes him an obstacle for nessa oh yeah um and you know so etc etc hayden hoyle is like I know that's a part of it. I know that this is admissions thing and giving preferential treatment to IDF soldiers. Mm. That's part of it. But that's an, I know that's not enough. Right. So he's basically there to tell Ephra, like, I'm starting to figure this out. Right. So you can either tell me or right. I'll catch you out later. Right. Um. And then, meanwhile, Maggie Gyllenhaal gets raped again. Yeah. In a scene that I did fast forward through. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, I've been through enough. And God knows Nessa has been through enough. I don't need to sit through this. Yeah. You know, it's the kind of thing where, like, I understand that a big thing we're supposed to get about her character is this belief that she, and she articulates this by the end, that she deserves all the pain that comes to her in life. Yeah. It frustrates me that this male writer has such a lack of imagination that the only way he can show that is through her being raped and uh, not, you know, in in such a way that she embraces the danger and the torture that she endures. Not necessarily to say that like she asks for this, but that she believes she deserves this, you know. that you go back to that well twice is just, you know, it was really gratuitous to me. There are other ways we can figure out how to demonstrate this about this character that don't require me to watch Maggie Gyllenhaal get like drugged and beaten and raped by this man in his apartment. Right, because you don't, you don't get the sense that she's particularly like self-destructive either like you don't she doesn't have that's like the only scene where you kind of see her behave that way right right it's not like she's like she's not a danger junkie right but her job her job is extraordinarily dangerous so like 
So simply by virtue of her going out, getting wasted, going home with this strange man, that is her taking a level of, taking an amount of risk that she knows is not a good idea. You could have expressed the same exact thing with her drinking and getting behind the wheel of a car. Exactly, exactly. You know, give her the same bumps and bruises and like, you know, put her in the hospital. Like, I don't know why, I don't know why it had to involve another sexual assault. Exactly. Um, um, It's pretty funny though, when she goes to the guy's wife and (laughs) tells him everything. I know. And then I guess like that's But it's also like completely out of nowhere. Like they don't have anything to do with like any of the espionage stuff or like, it's just like a weird- It's this very tacked on- like, you know that some producer was like, you can't just like write that scene and not have that come back at any point. Like there has to be some like righteous moment vindication she has in that. And that is, she shows up to the guy's apartment, like in the last two episodes when everything is so ramped up, but she's like, hang on, I have one thing I have to do. (laughs) I have time for this. I have have time. We're going to make time. Between several governments hang in the balance, this man, yeah, (laughs) like like Israel and Palestine literally hanging in the balance right now. But I've got to go confront my rapist and tell his wife who her husband is. You know, it just, it just, kid is still kidnapped. I'm gonna go, you know, like the child of my first rape is still, you know, unaccounted for. Fuck, at least I can close the loop on this one. You know, it's just like, like, really, really, I know, but exactly what you're saying, like you, there are so many other ways you could have made that exact same point without us having to endure another yet another rape scene (laughs) is like, come on, come on. Uh, But it's fine because she confronts the rapist, right? That's, that makes it all better. Right. God. Um. And then like nothing comes of that. That's the thing where I'm just like, this is, this well, literally the, serves no purpose. If it had story. anything to do with like anything else or like he was like another peer, you know, a person with like a peerage or like that kind of thing. Or like, I don't know, like what's, I don't know. I just don't know what statement you were trying to make. Right. Hugo. No. I mean, but we were also, it was 2014. We were in the thick of long form storytelling and raping women. Like yeah, that was pre certainly pre Me Too, and I believe like pre Sansa's rape. Yeah, that might have been like the year before Sansa's rape. Yeah, because that was like very much a watershed moment of that whole conversation of. Oh yeah, where people were finally like, once again, why? Yeah, but it was like a collective why. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But episode seven. Yeah. So seven, which is titled The Sibling Split. And this is the episode that is not in the original. It is, but it's it's in. It's cut up. Like, it's not like the footage in it is all there, but it's like. That episode doesn't exist. So whatever is in that episode is split between other episodes. I think, I think it's still in. It's either in the mother line or. Right. 
Like whatever is contained in yeah, what HBO in, is calling the sibling split is spread out between the mother line and the, the mother line episode, but it's, but and yeah, the sibling split doesn't exist. Yeah. You, instead you have the, the flashbacky episode is all in one episode basically called the puppet mistress. And in this, in the eight episode version, it's called two hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. but you get this fucking great this and this scene like i will bring to like a scene study class like i i i would love to see two actors like dig into this whole thing between nessa and ephra and she just like she walks in she does not even she does not even gauge the fact that his children are there she doesn't look at them as they leave she is like well before but before we dive into this scene just to give Oh, talk to me. The reveal that has happened. Oh, oh, now. oh. Yes. That so we have now come to find that Shlomo has been framed. Yes. And that the wiretapping, the admission stuff that we now know for a fact, all of this uh, was the price Ephra paid uh, to get Nessa yes. and Atika out of Gaza. And the the engineer is like, you know, am I safe? And yeah. Nessa says, from who? And he goes, from you. And that's like, when she's because he sees all, all of this, all roads lead back to the, the Steins Stein. seven years ago. So she immediately is like, Ephra, what did you do? Fuck. Yeah. So and she goes to so she goes to his house and has this like she just is like completely open like broken open and it's just like what did you do yeah. why like how could you and he you know ushers his kids away she just doesn't even she doesn't even clock that they're there it's such a it's yeah. such a great choice yeah. to like not she just comes in literally at a hundred <laughs> yeah. and usually usually I would say like do not do that in a scene. But they both, they both are at their absolute, well, he's definitely at his best in this. Yeah. This argument between the two of them. Yeah. Because this is where we get those two, Mm -hmm. the difference between their two worldviews is that for Ephra, it is about family. It is about saving you and avenging our father's murder. And for her, it is about doing everything within our power to stabilize this region and to yeah. bring peace between these, these nations. And, you know, the question is, he says to her, you know, are you really going to tell me that if you were sitting across from the man who killed our father with a, a knife in front of you, that you wouldn't stick that knife in his neck. And she's like, would you? She's like, would you? And he's like, absolutely. She's like, I wouldn't. Yeah. And Ephra won't believe that, but that's the difference. She will not. And part of, it's not fully articulated in the scene, but part of her anger, you know, and what Ephra doesn't understand in her anger, Ephra doesn't understand why is everybody being mad at me about this? Right. I saved you. I got you out. I got them out. And he repeats that to everybody who is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you do all of this? He's like, 
I would have done anything. This is the only person I have in this world. Right. There's, there was nothing less that I would have done. But the difference is Nessa would have, would have let herself die. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and, and for Nessa, there is a limit to what she would have done if it compromised the goal, if it compromised, like she, she is ready to be martyred to well, this and cause. She, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, she would have left him there. She would have left him there. And I no think that question. That, I think that that terrifies Ezra. If, and I'm not trying to give him a ton of, you know what I mean? But like, no, but th- that is kind of a moment where credit, he realizes, is. like, man, maybe I don't have my sister's support, but like, yeah. she is furious at Ephra for, uh, d- you know, not making the choice she would have made and making the choice that will compromise what they're trying to do. And I think until that moment, she hoped at least that they were aligned in whatever it takes. This is what we are trying to achieve. And if that means you need to let me die, then you got to be ready to do that. He's not ready to do that. And she's furious about it. Yeah. Because now look what has, now look what's come to pass. Now we're definitely going to (laughs) die. You know, like, yeah. Now we're compromised. Now we're corrupt. Nothing is worth that. Nothing Mm -hmm. is worth that. Not even my life. Right. And you should have known that, you know, but of course you can't, you can't exactly blame him for doing that. Like, no. So again, it's that same, it's that advice I was given that is always true that it's great drama is someone who's right. And someone who's right. Perfect. That's it. Oh, such good writing. (laughs) No, it's beautiful. And um, the great scene. Yeah. But it's just this great scene where you just see these two people who are realizing they have completely different worldviews on what they thought was the same goal. Right. Um. Yeah, great, great scene between both of those actors. And it ends with this interesting um, shot of Rachel's looking out of her window and you can't see Ephra's face, but you see that Attica comes up and you can't tell if he is like, just ignored her or if he said something to her and Attica just like walks away. Yeah. And I just, I find that so interesting because it's like, did she just come over, see him crying and go, no, oh, God, I'm not dealing with this right yeah. now. Also, we missed the part where um, Ephra, I think it's like maybe the episode before this or something, Ephra and, or maybe it's a few episodes before this. I think it might be in episode five. Um, oh, the stuff about Kasim's like toothbrush? No, but we didn't talk oh, about that. We but didn't talk about that either. Kind yeah. of connected to that, but um, I guess from what I'm looking at in my notes, I think it's at the end of episode five where they um, where Ephra tells Nessa that he is has been having an affair with Attica. Right. Um, and Nessa is like, 
yikes. Uh, and then she's like, please stop banging my girlfriend. <laughs> truly. But yeah, and then he has this like pretty decent little speech about secrets. And he's like, there's only two kinds of secrets. The ones that you own and the ones that own you. And this mm-hmm. is a secret that is mine. And I get, I can own this secret. It doesn't yeah. own me. Um, and then he is, he says something to Nessa, just like, all of your secrets own you or something kind of to that effect that like you don't own any of your secrets um and then she and Attica have this scene by the water at their country house um where she basically is like why didn't you tell me this was going on like I just if you were looking to bang one of us, like, why didn't you come to me? <laughs> I've been right here in my <laughs> like, panic room. I don't know how much clearer I could have made it to you. Uh, but she, it's this really great subtle scene where, you know, Attica is like, you feel betrayed that I've kept this secret. And she's like, yeah, why did, basically, she kind of saying it like, why did I learn it from him and not you? Right. And Attica kind of tries to articulate what is the truth ultimately, uh, which is like, I don't actually care about him. I just have to kind of do this in order to go along and get along. Like, yeah, this is a survival tactic. This is not, I, I don't have feelings for him, you know? And that's when you get this response from, Nessa, where she is basically like, we're so like, I'm completely connected to you. And it's like, I know what I'm like. Don't try to tell me what I'm like. Mm -hmm. I know who I am. I know how I feel. I've known it since the moment I first saw you. And then they like touch foreheads and have this extremely intimate body language. I'm like, okay, so they're in love. I'm like, why won't you just tell me that? Right. Nessa is like loves Attica and in a like romantic way because that reads to me as her saying, I've loved you since the moment I saw you. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm upset and feel betrayed that you have been fucking my brother this whole time. And it's like absolutely like a love triangle between these three people. Yeah. But it's never there's just one square one corner of that triangle that only exists not even really subtext level but i'm like why don't they just kiss yeah there's like that's a bridge too far for the show you we watch her get raped twice now but god forbid she god forbid she's a palestinian woman oh my god no it's you know it's very strange the the words the words and the and the direction and these strong physical actions that these actors are taking like there's no there's no two ways to sort of read that right that was the thing we're like leading up to that i was like oh maybe i'm just like maybe my gaydar is just like on overdrive because it's me and you know like i'm projecting gay stuff onto this well no i do that that scene like come on 
But how else, like, what is the heterosexual explanation for her saying, don't tell me how I feel I've known since the moment I saw you? Yeah. And I know, I know how I am. That's like such a, right. That's such a gay thing to say. It is. And part of it is like, okay, so she's articulating, this is her articulation of what we were talking about, which is like, she knows that she falls too quickly. She knows that she gets too intense and connects to people too intensely too quickly. Yeah. But like, okay, then, but that all means the same thing that all of this amounts to her confessing her love for Attica. Yeah. And her sense of betrayal at this affair that's going on is felt on the level of you are mine. Right. And now I find out that you've been with him and I'm very hurt by that. Yeah. It because can be both. I love you. It's, it's all of that. <laughs> right. So it, part of it is trauma bonding. Part of it is, but that's mm-hmm. the clarification she made. Right. Like, cause that's what Attica tries to say. Like, you feel this way because of what we Not, went through. Nobody knows what we went through. Right. So like your love for me and your attachment to me is born out of our trauma bond. And that's why she says, don't tell me how I no. am. I've known it since the moment I saw you at that checkpoint. Kaboom. In any other show, they would then kiss. Scissor. But instead they just like they would they would cut to a sex scene, but they just like touch foreheads and like kind of start necking a little bit and then it's done. It's like very weird. Yeah. It's very weird that like they won't cross that line, but everything else is fair game. It's so funny. It's yeah, it's very interesting. Um And like, you don't lose anything by making that text, you know? Because like, because then when all is revealed Mm -hmm. and you come to understand what Attica's role in all of this has been, it's, you know, it makes that scene between the two of them just like a fucking tanker dropping in the ocean of like fuck like (laughs) it's been you this whole time it was attica all along attica all along (laughs) oh my god so attica and eve best all along which okay (laughs) i know i'm skipping ahead no we're like there now I'm confused about who kills Eve Best. You are still confused about who kills Eve Best. Yes. Is it? Yeah, me too. The Americans, the Israelis, the Palestinians, or the the British? British. (laughs) Like literally, who is it? Because they do it. I mean, they're smart about it. They're like, we're gonna make it look like she hanged herself from this door so they like roll her onto this plank of wood and I was just like oh my god that is like fully how a government like how a spy would kill a spy I assumed it was the Americans frankly because that's how the CIA used to kill people that's I was like it's either it's it's gotta be either the Americans or the Brits yeah 
because she just like went too far right yeah no it was not i don't think it was the israelis or the palestinians because she no i agree i agree wasn't really working for them it looks like it could have been literally anybody right so the whole the way this web all connects finally is Stephen Rea Hayden Hoyle uh, has his people now going and looking into Monica Chatwin because he finds out from Ephra that the only you know agent he told about this wiretapping device was Monica Chatwin. Monica Chatwin. So now Stephen Rea knows she knows about this. Right. Uh, and so he is now monitoring and he and Nessa are we're kind of working together now to monitor where these signals are going. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very clever that he's like, turn it off and see who comes to fix it. Right. Make it look like a glitch. Right. And whoever comes to fix it is like who we have to follow. Yeah. And whatever the result of that is, he realizes that uh, it's connecting to the U.S. Embassy in Tel Aviv. So he then comes to realize that this wiretap is being listened in on by the Americans, the Israelis, and the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. And the British? And or no? British, I guess. That's what well, I didn't no, They really were know. like the last to know. Right, they're the well, last yeah, to know. Everybody, everybody but the Brits knew. Yeah. I also appreciate a British spy thriller that is like very unafraid of making Americans the villains. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Fine with that. And how Eve Best sort of is the embodiment of this American, whatever it takes, we'll kill whoever we have to kill mm. attitude. And Hayden Hoyle as maybe the more British stance of like, no, there's human beings and we've got to play it a little cooler and a little closer to the best. And like more of like a wait and see kind of. Yeah. He has, he has a contact in the Israeli government. Yes. Who is like, we didn't kill Samir Mashal. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. And he's telling them the truth. Yeah. I mean, as far as he knows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's saying like, there's some, you need to, you're on the right track. Like, keep looking. I can't straight up tell you what's going on, but. It's not us. You're, you're, you're not looking in the wrong places anymore. Right. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, oh, right. okay. Yeah. So all roads lead back to Eve Best. All yeah. wires lead back to Eve Best. She's and the puppet she, she is the puppet mistress. And she has been coordinating this multi-government spy wiretap thing, uh, coordinating with mostly the Palestinians, but also with Israeli terrorists. Uh, you know, just... And the she has agreed thing is about the U.S. Secretary of State, but it's like the Secretary of State's, like, I, I don't know what her role is, but like the woman who speaks for the Secretary of State. Yeah, the and spokesperson. That, that's, what, that's what kind of like blows it is because she says in in the press room, she has agreed. And yeah. Hayden Hole's like, 
that's the phrase that they used on the phone. Yeah. For like the wiretap or whatever. Right. Right. So being like the so plan like, is okay, a go. Eve Best working with the state. Yeah. And like the US. Yeah. It's very complicated. It's so complicated. And this is truly the part where I'm like, I really don't understand what's going on anymore. Because what I still don't get, the pieces that I really don't get Mm -hmm. are how Eve Best got connected with the kidnappers to be working with them. Like, I don't get how Attica connects to Eve Best. I don't get how, because like, I get how Attica connects to the guys who kidnapped them and who kidnapped Kasim, oh, like yeah. I get that piece of it for sure. Right. But I don't get how that connects to, to Eve Best. And I don't get how that connects to the Israeli terrorist who claims the explosion and where it just, it all gets like way too mushy to me. I that... feel like the connection is Eve Best and she's sort of like work. She's like being a double agent for like every government. I guess so. It has to be that. Cause like, Cause she's so what happens both. ultimately is that because Samir Mashal is dead, they need to give that contract that he had won at the, at the very first set, the opening scene, which is Samir Mashal gets this contract. Oh shit, he's dead. Finally, that comes back around and they partner with another Palestinian tech giant who they, who, and that tech company, along with the Palestinian uh, authority, have been working with Eve Best to make sure that a Palestinian wins the contract because they need to, because the face of that ceremony Mm-hmm. has to be a Palestinian standing next to Nessa Stein so that when the bomb goes off, a bomb that was planted by Palestinians, by the people who kidnapped her seven years ago, who've kidnapped Kasim, have who were working with Attica, blah, blah, blah. But by having this bomb go off, at this symbolic ceremony where it's this Israeli British woman and this Palestinian, we now will f- can frame that. We can pin that attack on the Israelis. Right. And so Eve Best has coordinated all of that mm-hmm. and has an Israeli terrorist living in Utrecht, uh, on the line and she calls him and is like okay you have to claim it now and he claims the attack so this is what all of this has been leading to is a context in which the united states can then say in the wake of the horrific murder of nessa stein who is this who is supposed to be this harbinger of peace uh that she has been murdered by her own country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now, uh, we condemn this attack. Fly. Yeah. We will now, you know, we are not disavowing our allegiance to our alliance with Israel, right. but we do need to make a statement that says this was not, we don't condone this. You have betrayed 
your allies in doing this. And we, the United States, will no longer block uh, efforts for Palestinian statehood with a UN veto. Huge, big, that's a huge thing. And like, so that's Eve Best. Eve Best is like, job done. Well, and the way that they get that contract to even go to that man and his tech company is by kidnapping Kasim, who they know is necessary. Like he right. says, he says, you're going to give me the contract. And Nessa's like, no, I'm really not. Like, this is, you're not, you're not the way we're going. And he's like, you are, because otherwise I'm going to tell your secret. And you know, right you know that we both know what that secret is. Right. And we, so he takes responsibility for the kidnapping and all of that stuff. So she is forced right. to, and then on the day- It's of the all box, of a piece like, of like this Palestinian tech leader working with yeah. the guys who have kidnapped the kid, working with the Palestinian authority who are working with Eve Best. Eve Best. It's like, un, it's, un, it's like, there's so many layers of the conspiracies in this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a fascinating watch. And so he tries to get out of being at that, uh, that breaking, that groundbreaking by saying he has like food poisoning. And then like they show him in bed very and sick. He, so it's sort of like, maybe he and does. It's like, did he really? And like, if he had been there, was he, was he going to be like, I don't know, like sacrificed, I guess. Right. Like, like right. Another, you know what I mean? Like in, in, in a way that she believes in what she believes in so hard that her life, her person, right. personally, her life does not matter. Yeah. Um, but as like a symbol, but right. he like gets out of there pretty quick and she, it's she very, this is, you know, it's very season finale is... of season six of Game of Thrones. When he doesn't show up to that, when he's like, I'm not coming, I'm like, oh girl, you're about oh, to yeah. you're gonna die. It's very Marjorie Tyrell Run. being like, if she is not here, she has no intention of being here, which means right. we should not be here. Run. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's another interesting piece of that where. Francis uh, reads oh, in the yeah. contract that they made this big change. They made this big change that basically says this Palestinian company uh, holds the rights to this project no matter what happens to Nessa or the signs, basically. And she's like, what the fuck? You said like you were the uncompromisable one and now you're compromised. Why did you do this? This is your signature here saying this is acceptable. And Nessa is like, do you trust me? Like yeah. you just gotta well, trust that's, me. In every single episode, I think every character says the word trust yeah. at some point. And there's this big monologue that she gives at the top of 
each i mean at top of the episode pilot and then every episode opens with her giving that monologue over the previous it's like like shortened but like the full version is like and it's actually it's pretty great and she talks about um i didn't need them quite to beat me over the head with it that much (laughs) i think they were really they were really proud of that speech um because they'd gotten i how maggie gyllenhaal talks about it they had gotten to like pretty much the end of filming and they were like oh man we didn't we still haven't done that voiceover like you're gonna have to come back and like do the voiceover either in like LA or New York or like da 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 and she's like no can I just like do it right now while I've still got like Nessa's voice and like yeah you know we're doing the whole thing and she was like we're gonna go into like a room and set up the recording equipment and I'm just going to say it to you Hugo and he was like please don't direct look at me and say lines that I wrote because I will laugh and she was like you won't laugh <laughs> and like I love that so she literally just was like and she made it more about like how an actor learns to trust their director and I was just Ooh. like that's fucking cool damn like, Maggie she's just so cool I just dig yeah I dig everything damn sorry but that was that was a little off the, I love that. I would have never guessed that it was something that involved. She's so cool. She's she thinks so about cool. things. She's such a way. fucking God. You know that girl was raised in New York theater. She's like a mammoth girl, right? Is she was like right? raised among poets and artists and yeah. aristocrats. Yeah. And it's very clear. Truly. Yeah. So this bomb goes off. Oof. And the assumption is Nessa Stein is dead. Um, nobody, and like everyone believes that. It's not like it's a false flag thing where like, you know, she actually wasn't supposed to die and this was all part of the plan. Like, no, the plan was she's supposed to die and right. then she doesn't. Right. And the Palestinians who have been behind all of this, who kidnapped her seven years ago, who kidnapped Kasim, they swoop in and they get her out of there and they bring her back. She's now back in the same, you know, place where she was held captive seven years ago. And she like wakes up and well, Meanwhile, before we have that reveal, back in Britain, Eve Best is like jogging along, oh. like I did it. I brought peace to the Middle East. Like done. Let me go for a nice run. Get this energy out. She is patting Job herself done. on the back. Absolutely. Like I am gonna be running the super government spy agency now. Like I am the fucking hero. I just like single-handedly engineered peace in the Middle peace East. in the Middle East. Like. <laughs> done and janet mcteer drives by and is like so you must be pretty proud of yourself right now she's like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) here i am (laughs) oh my god you know and she's just like was it worth losing nessa stein you know and she was like well it's like i believed in her but Mm-hmm. this was the price she knew she would probably have to pay at some point 
Right. Like she was ready to be a martyr. I just, I did that. I made that decision for her. Like, right. You know, and then I do really like the beat where Janet McTeer is like, you know, did she, something, she asked something and Eve Best is like, she actually never listened to any of my advice. Right, right. And uh, Janet McTeer is like, that's very sad and rolls up the window. And then as an aside to herself, it's like, because if she could smell a rat in you, then she really was somebody to believe in. Yeah. Um, so then that leads to Eve Best getting murdered in her hotel room. And there's something so, there's, that scene is so dark on so many levels, but one of the main reasons is that you hear the news in the background saying now that the United States has made this stance. Oh no, I'm jumping the gun a bit. Cause by that point we know Nessa is alive. That's like kind of at the very end. Um, right. But even once it's revealed that Nessa is alive and everyone knows that, that there's this voiceover from the news say of the U S saying like, we are not, this doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not gonna go backwards on this. We are, we're sticking with what we said, we will not veto Palestinian statehood, which has now led Russia and China to say it will look into what their governments can do Mm -hmm. to make up the, you know, like the US is being crazy. We don't agree with that position. So we're gonna look into pursuing even stronger paths that we can take to prevent Palestinian statehood. And the, the news anchor is like, it makes you wonder why we even bothered. And it's like, it's so bleak, but it is just like this perfect note to end this series on of just like. And it's it's like this very, like, what are you. Right. Like this this cheesy smile. Why we even bother. Yeah. But it is, it is like that very honest statement of just like, it's, it's not even one step forward, two steps back, you know, it's just like, it's Sisyphean, you know, like how, what will it take, you know, that this, for any of this to be achieved, but uh, then you get the very human side of it in this brilliant, brilliant sequence with Nessa and Attica, and then with this man who has been behind all of this. So Nessa wakes up calls Shlomo. It's her first call. She doesn't call Ephra. She doesn't call, you know. Oh, Ephra's dead now, by the way. Oh my God. Completely forgot. Oh, well, we have, so the, the rapist dude whose face is all burnt has been in the UK for like a weekish or so. And we saw him with Eve Best. So that's how we put them together. Right. And they like try to you know, the government bumbles a kind of not like sting operation, but they're like trying to, you know, they're like, you're here. We know you're here. Yeah. Um, and Eve, Eve Best is like, nope, they're, that's all their government. Like, I know this trick. I'm going to like, you know, set I'll, off the I'm fire gonna make them. Yeah. and everybody is going to leave the hotel. And they're like, well, our cover is blown clearly. Yeah. Cause like, and you think at first, like, 
the guy, you know, his instincts are correct. Like this is clearly like a spy coming in to do some spy shit. And he's like, no, somebody's in the bathroom. Like da 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 da. And you're like, oh, he's lying. And then he opens the bathroom door, and it's Eve Best. And you're like, fuck. It's like such a it's such a crazy yeah. moment. No, it's um, awesome. So they like are like surveilling this man and Eve Best, and like they know that they know that all this stuff is coming to a head. So you see this burnt man um and he's got like several totes of several weapons and different things um and he he has a scene where he talks about like what it what it means to be a soldier and like how do you how do you get this bullet how do you get this gun how do you like you you give yourself over to something that is far bigger than you and it's it's chilling and it's also sort of like it's kind of a really cool scene yeah. Um, Cause it's sort of set, you know, it sets up like how, like why he's behaved the way he's behaved in the past yeah. and like what he's doing. Well, it's, it, it broadens, like there's that old saying that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, you know? And it's very much exactly. sort of articulating what he's does been- the person who is the true believer who carries out these horrific things, how do they see themselves? You know, it humanizes that, that yeah. person in a, that, that, like, in a way that I think is honestly very brave as a writer yeah. to do um, and is not oversimplified. I don't think. No, um, no, it's a great, it's a pretty cool speech. And he's yeah. like talking to this like younger kid. Yeah. This- I mean, I will say like I, for writing, I think the thing that is really impressive about this series is how humanely it articulates the Israeli and the Palestinian point of view. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, it's very successful. And that is one example of that. It's doing a very precarious job very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so then, so Attica and Ephra's relationship is also sort of coming to like a, we either need to like do this or we need to end it. And she, at least in Afra's view. Yeah. And she gives him this sort of like out, like, oh no, we're going to like run away together and like go do this yeah. thing. But basically she's leading him to <laughs> the slaughter and Afra is uh, assassinated, but Rachel is there because she's followed. She knows something is wrong. Yeah. And like, yeah. she's followed Attica and Afra to the country house, sees her husband get shot, um realizes that Attica had something to do with it promptly goes into labor <laughs> um, and then is up you know taken upstairs by Attica to have her baby while like the SWAT team comes in oh she kills the assassin yes Rachel kills the assassin and then promptly goes into labor um and is on the body cams. <laughs> you see the like birth scene. He is on all like, fours single, on the bed. Like, like trying to almost like she's fighting Attica off, but also like giving birth. It's like very. Oh my god! It's it was a it was it's a, a very farce. Weird. It's and, so strange. And, and I'm like your voices, the audience's. Uh, <laughs> point of view and goes what the fuck am i looking at or like she says something <laughs> yeah. like that she's yeah. like 
It's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And it, we, we all felt exactly the same way. So exactly. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Janet. God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she fully just, yeah, she just fucking gives birth. Uh, and it's insane. It's an insane scene. And it's one of those things where like nobody knows if they're playing this for laughs or not because it's just no. ridiculous. And like it is, it is complete chaos. Edit. Um it's complete and utter chaos. Yeah. So Ephra's dead. Attica, and now say what? Well, Attica gets like taken into like an interrogation room with Hayden Hoyle. Right. And he's like so like what's up we got you like are <laughs> yeah. you gonna are you gonna help us like we know nessa stein's alive like yeah so you, now you, you gotta go to gaza <laughs> right and it's just like you originally well and and she articulates this to her brother right that guy is her brother the like mastermind behind all of it because he says they they killed our father, but she's like, but I think it's more of like an ideological. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes more sense. Cause I, cause she said it was her entire family. So I'm like, except a brother. The other guy, the other guy is his actual father. Right. I'm talking about the burnt face guy is the son of the guy on dialysis or whatever it is yeah my question was that guy is not he's he makes a statement to attica about our parents but not but we're saying he doesn't mean that literally right right yeah, yeah. agreed that yeah but anyway Zahir. isn't his name zahir zahir yeah uh okay i believe that's true and but yeah, Hayden Hoyle is basically like, if you want to achieve your goal, if you want to ach- help Nessa achieve the goal, like we're all kind of on the same team at this point, mm-hmm. you know, like Eve Best went about this very much the wrong way and God knows she will pay for it. Uh, but now we can't, because if it gets out, what actually happened here the there will be a giant hole where Israel and Palestine used to be. Like th- this will bring out all right. out destruction of both countries, you know. Yeah. If if it gets out that like what Eve Best did, basically. So right. if she is if Nessestein is found by anybody other than us in a mm-hmm. Palestinian prison. And the Israeli, and it's revealed that the Israelis were framed for this. Uh, it will be all out war in the Middle East. And right. it will, we, we will set this far, this conflict farther back than it like has ever been. Yeah. Um, so you need to go in there and you need to get her out. Right. You alone. Right. You know, so she's like you're right i know like we have fucked this her being alive is like not good right. um so nessa is like in the room and then attica comes in 
and they have this just incredible scene together Mm -hmm. um and this is i believe this is the scene that she's referring to when she says that like she says like i'm a i'm 104 years old it has to be it has to be because she's got this like blanket like around her shoulders and she's Mm -hmm. just sort of like serene she's like very calm yeah completely it's these two it's so symbolic in this very incredible way of these two daughters of these nations who both want the same thing who are both willing to die for it who you know can't outrun and certainly from Nessa can't outrun the sins of the father, you know, and that's, that's kind of as she's sitting there with Attica and is like, just talk to me, you know, why did you do this? Have, you know, you've been, it's been you this entire time, you know, it's Attica all along. And she's like, I didn't know very Quickly, she's like, I didn't know he would do that to you. Right. I did not know he would rape you. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be very clear. And she says, like, I tried to, you know, I tried to stop him. Yeah, I I tried to stop him. That was never part of the plan. Right. Uh, But I knew that you would be taken. And I knew that Kasim would be taken. Yeah. And she's like, he was brought to his family. He's never been in danger, you know. And she's like, just talk to me. What, what is going on? And Attica starts saying, you know, when I was 12, a bomb went off and killed my entire family. And she pulls out a thin sort of shiv like almost object. And it's a piece of shrapnel with the name Stein on it. And it all comes back to this is who your this is your family's legacy. Yeah. You will never not be these gods of destruction, you know. Yeah. You and she says she's, you know, and Nessa is like I tried. I really tried. She's like with what? Nessa, with what? Cables? Yeah. We need a nation. Right. It's beautiful. It's It's beautiful writing. It's such a perfect scene. Yeah. And it's my, maybe my favorite line reading of Maggie Gyllenhaal in the whole thing, because it's so, it's so captures the essence of who this woman is and what she is willing to do is this very, not frightened, not any like very earnest, but very pragmatic question of, do you need me to die? Right. And it's not like, oh, are you going to kill me? It's no, it's what, what more can I do? What What more can I do? What more can I give? Yeah. Do you need me to die? Cause you know, I will. Like there's, this hasn't just been lip service for her. This is, this is her goal. Right. And that it so perfectly articulates like she is unafraid of dying. And if that is because that's the last thing she that's the last thing she can give. 
you know, and she's willing to give it. I've given everything. I've tried everything. If my life is the only price that works, then fine. Just tell me that. Right. You know, and then Attica is like, I don't need you to die. Right. But if that is the price of a nation, nation. then yes. And then she's like, but you survived. And And then there's this beautiful laughter that happens. It's gorgeous. It is so funny because she's like, but plucky you. God damn it. Being all plucky. And it's like, they both have to laugh about it because it is fucking funny. Yeah. Like, oh my God. So now you have to live for the same reason. Right. And it's like, we have to be the one, like, we have to be the ones to like save you. Right. Right. I have, yeah. And she says like, I'm work. well, that comes a bit later, but she yeah. does find the ways of convincing her like no i'm like truly not so anyway they they have that amazing scene and right. then right she after right after that nessa is like brought before the mastermind behind all of this this man zahir mm-hmm. uh and he's so this episode is called the pairing knife and like she sits across from him across this table and Attica sits between them. And um, he is like, You're ra- my son raped you on my orders. Your father was murdered on my orders. Like your brother was assassinated on my orders. Like I'm the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and he says, I mean, it's also an amazing scene. He's like, I can't remember it exactly. And I won't just like repeat the line, but basically saying like all of the hatred, like the hatred you feel for me Mm -hmm. is equal only to the hatred I have for your family and all they've represented and all they have done to my country, Mm -hmm. you know, and asks her the same question basically that Ephra did yeah about the knife in front of her um and he says you know you think you are you are smarter you're human you're kinder all these things and that only makes me hate you more mm. uh and you don't know why you know you still you don't know why i hate you or something like that and that's when she's like i do know i've known it every time i've asked myself that question Mm -hmm. i've known it since the first time i asked that question i deserve it i deserve everything that has ever happened to me um and I th- that kind of also being the answer of why I'm not going to take this knife and stick it in your throat right now. Right. Because, because I have he deserved- easily overpower, you know, he's like hooked up to like a, not a dialysis. It's like, he's no, like yeah. emo or something. Like a drip. Like, yeah. It's some yeah. kind of drip. And she could easily overpower him yeah. in that moment, but she, that's not what she's there to do. You know, right. she's, 
but she's uh, there to communicate and that is her whole that's her whole gig from right the jump right is nothing comes from either of us dying right now yeah you know it's a very like gandhian kingian non-violence yeah like point of view of just like i i know that nothing will get solved by my taking revenge you know that you have wrought so much violence on me and my family and everything and i won't retaliate you know for her the answer is because because i do think that's a fair price for me to pay for all of the destruction that my family has caused uh, yeah. in brutalizing and terrorizing this nation. You know, this is, yeah, I'll lose my brother. I'll lose my family. I'm one person, you know, how many families, how many families has my company destroyed? Destroyed, yeah. Um, it's a great scene. I don't know why this is getting like choppy. So then he's like, well, we're going to send you home. You know, knowing that Kasim is the, you know, the grandchild of me and Eli Stein. So she's like, he's like, you can go. And she's like, okay, cool. Where's Kasim? And he's like, no. Like we're keeping him and she's like (laughs) she's like i will i'm going to come back for him and i'm going to get him back and he goes he goes i don't think so she goes i do yeah (laughs) it's like such a like it's so weirdly like i hate using the word naturalism but it's like a most like after all of this kind of like like poetic-y you know everyone telling you know the big speech about their intentions and the whatever yeah and then you get this like oh yeah oh yeah i'm gonna come back (laughs) like it's just like i don't know it's just so great it suddenly becomes the whole show at this point kind of becomes very not without my daughter yeah totally like not necessarily in a bad way but it like suddenly becomes this like very action movie kind of like race against the clock gotta get her to the border well and he so Attica starts sort of questioning uh, Zahir and she's like we didn't that wasn't like part of the plan like you weren't supposed to do like this is not supposed to be about revenge this is supposed to be about a nation yeah and like she has that amazing one she's like we were here and now we're and now we're here yeah which nobody listening can see what we just did as a gesture (laughs) Like a big, like big, like her arms outstretched. We were here, and then her just her finger and thumb, and now we're here. And so he's like, Come here, I have to show you something, and grabs that paring knife and stabs her. So she grabs the shrapnel and stabs him. Yeah, and he dies, and she like is stabbed so oh she is stabbed and like sews herself up and you know gets gets kasim gets into a car and drives out into the desert to find nessa yeah um who has gone she's been taken into this car and you know at every moment she's like 
I'm they're not gonna they're not gonna they're gonna they're gonna fucking kill me like you know she can't really believe she's going home and then she gets dropped off with this other guy who is he says he's American I think he is though I'm guessing he actually is but he's been like working with Eve Best right so he's like not on the good side of the (laughs) of this conflict right um because that's what he said because she says Attica says to Zaheer like are you gonna kill like you know she says something about like this wasn't part of our plan and mm-hmm. he's like we're not gonna do it or something like that where she's like, like who's gonna they, do it and he says they, they are. are yeah Woof. meaning the americans meaning america the- come on america <laughs> because now but it makes total sense that given mm-hmm. what america has just declared with their support for Palestine. Right. They stand to gain way more by her actually being dead. It's cleaner if she's dead. Absolutely. So like 100% that dude is an American CIA agent who has been sent to kill her. Which is like, then why does he wait for Attica? Like, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I do, but like she gets Kasim. Yeah. And like drives out there, hides from the people who like dropped Nessa off, yeah. and then whips around. And he like acts like he's known the whole time that she's coming. Yeah. But he, so he is planning on killing Attica, Kasim, and Nessa. So that's yes. what he has to, he has to wait for them to get there. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, and so Attica pops a couple at him. Nessa gets into the car and Attica's like, go, go, go. And he, you know, fatally wounds her by shooting her. And then she's been, you know, all this time, Hayden Hoyle is watching on like a drone. Yeah. And meanwhile, Nessa also was like, I don't know if I can trust you, Attica. Like, right, right. And Attica and just she's... being like, oh my God, get in the fucking car. I'm working with Hayden Hoyle. Like, you, bitch. like, I'm working with the one person who's like trying to keep you safe. Like, like go do it. If you don't trust me, I know you trust him. So like figure it out. And so she's like, uh, on me. And they, so they drop a bomb on Attica to kill this guy. Like, and like, you know, it takes Attica out, but yeah, she was already gonna die because of the gunshot wounds. Yeah. And then they decided to do a quick little drone strike. Quick little drone strike. Um, and the car, of course, breaks down. And so they gotta she, walk. So Nessa and Kasim have to walk through the desert to find the Israeli border. And they they make it. And again, it's just her, like she has nothing. But her, like, light to, like, say to someone, like, trust me. Like, I'm Nessa Stein. This is my son. She finally takes ownership of, of yeah. that choice, of that, you know, that thing. Truth. You know, it, was, it was put on her. But, yeah, the truth. She takes ownership of that secret. Yeah. And yes. she's saying to this, mm. to this man on the other side of the fence, and she's just like, it's okay it's okay. And he like, and like just her essence, like calms him enough to be like, okay, cool. We're going to like, this get woman you. has appeared through the desert and she is oh going to 
bring us to mm. salvation. Oh, Messiah. Hmm? Oh dear. Messiah Stein. Messiah um, Stein. But yeah, so then she, you know, it's Shlomo gets her and, you know, they're back in the U.S. and Rachel has had her baby and Nessa just like looks at the scene and then you see a flashback to when she was in captivity and she's like looking up through the window through this like, you know, gunshot in the window and like this, it's just like bathing her face in light. And she's it's an extremely Christ-like image. Like it is a very like, I am like praying in the light of God. It's a very religious image. Super ordained. Yeah, she's for like, sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, and that's how the, that's how the whole thing wraps up. Yeah. And even though it was like a bit, it was like a, I mean, people liked it and she, she garnered, I mean, we'll talk about awards, but. Which we, I, I realized today, like we haven't done we an haven't been doing roundup, like all Since seasons. we got back. <laughs> no. And so, no, I don't, we didn't even do them in like the other season three episodes. Oh my God, we're crazy. Yeah. But we could do it for this because I was, I looked it up because I was interested. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, they they were like, no, we're not going to do like a season two. Like, oh what do God, you do? No, are you like, how do you follow that up? I, Maggie Gyllenhaal couldn't put herself through that. Because wasn't she making the deuce at that time too? Like, Jesus Christ. Maybe. She's I know she had like, her, she like had her two kids with her like in London and in Morocco like yeah Maggie G but yeah just unbelievable work it's it's seriously one of the best performances like singular performances yeah oh no the deuce was way later than I thought mm. the deuce was 2017 to 2019 oh, I thought it was oh. much earlier than that interesting yeah so that was like three years after uh she did the honorable woman i need to i need to watch the deuce you really i mean my god as a fan of hers she is unreal in that show um the gyllenhaal the gyllenhaal uh but yeah this series was nominated for four emmys she was nominated for um Best actress. It lost. She lost to um, Frances McDormand and Olive Kittredge. Oh, interesting. And wow, the series lost Best Limited to Olive Kittredge. That won all the limited awards that year. That's a. I mean, I love Olive Kittredge, but that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I agree. But that was like, sort of like, I feel like Frances McDormand hadn't worked a ton at that time. And everyone was like, oh my God, wait, you're the greatest. So let's right. do that. And now she's like winning an Oscar every other year. Literally. But um, yeah, it was also not seen because it didn't air on HBO in the United States originally. It was on no. Sundance TV, which like, who the fuck knows what that is? Yeah. And in the BBC, they had like, it was like, almost every episode was it was like over two million people watched yeah and yeah it was definitely a much more british appreciated series yeah 
I only knew about it because it was on Netflix. Yeah. Back in the day buffet. Like I remember watching it while I lived on Boardman and I was like obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think that was the eight episode version. Yeah. And now it's interesting on- though, that for being so popular with, a British audience, it only got not, the only BAFTA nomination it got was Stephen Rea. And he won, which is insane to me. They were just happy to see him. She's not actually British, so we can't nominate her. Um, she won the Golden Globe. She sure did. Um, and she was nominated. She was like nominated for Best Actress in all the places she could have been, but she only won the Golden Globe. The Golden Globe, which is like, it's not nothing, but. No. Interesting that that was the only one. Yeah. I Now having seen this, I also, I love, love, love Olive Kittredge. Um, but no, she, sh- Maggie Gyllenhaal should have won that award for sure. We're, but. I mean, I know that Olive's already on like our, our long list, but. Yeah, I would do that one. Soonish. I, would, I would watch her again. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years. Zoe. Oh my God, Zoe, Zoe Kazan. Kazan. She is in that, isn't she? Yeah. Damn. She was lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Honorable Woman. The Honorable Woman, my God. Classic Kate Royal being like, I don't think we're going to have that much to talk about. And then we fill our time. We sure do. It's a great show and it's a great performance and such an amazing character. Mm -hmm. Just watch it several times. Like tell yourself you're going to watch it like a few times in a month. Yeah. Because I I mean, mean, you'll need to watch it that many times just to like basically understand what's going on for most of it. Truly. Great thriller. Great. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this show really respects the complexity and kind of futility of everything it's about. Um, And you can feel it in the performances. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is so aware in every aspect of her performance of who this woman is and the thankless role that she is trying to play. You know, it's, I think, and I feel like we talked yeah. a lot about martyrdom, but she doesn't walk around being like, you know what I mean? She doesn't walk around like someone like, oh, I, no. I'm, I'm martyring myself for this cause. No, but like, that's oh, a true martyr. You know, that's a true martyr right. is it's not it's not, you know, it's King calls it the drum major instinct, you know, that people who are too driven by. You know, he this is one, a sermon he gave in. um I think, oh God, I don't remember the year. I think it might've been 68. It might've been earlier than that, but it's one of his famous speeches where he talks about like, I understand you want to be the head of the parade. You want to be a leader. You want to be out front. Um, But I want, you have to channel, basically like if you're going to be part of a movement and you are, and you want to be out front leading the cause, your motivation cannot be for that. You know, you're, you're, you have to humble yourself 
to the cause. And you're, he says, I, it's a good instinct if you don't distort it and pervert it. I want you to be first in love. I want you to be first in generosity, you know, and that's like how he distinguishes like what a true leader of a a cause for peace understands, you know, and that that leads, I mean, that certainly informed his martyrdom. Like he knew he went through the entire civil rights movement knowing at any moment he could be killed and was prepared to give his life. And that was, that was a whole part of, of who he was, you know, just fundamentally is I'm called to this, but I'm not, I, but I humble myself to that calling, you know, and that is, it's like very strange to make that comparison to this like fictional character, but I think, but like Maggie Gyllenhaal endows that character with all of that energy, you know, and she, as the actor, uh, inhabits the spirit of somebody who humbles themselves to their calling in, in this incredibly beautiful way. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's great. It's a, it's, it's such a great role and yeah, it's a graceful, elegant, messy, honest performance. And honorable. So she's honorable. The honorable woman. She remains yeah. the honorable woman. Yeah. No, it's yeah. a great performance of a great character. Mm-hmm. Uh, a character that is truly made great by that performance. Come on. You know, it's, yeah, it's tremendous. Tremendous work from Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Hope she gets nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. For The Lost Daughter, for directing. I would like that. Yeah. It's so funny because in one of those interviews, they asked her, like, would you like to be, you know, whatever, producer, director, da, 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 da. And she's like, I don't think I could be a director. I mean, this is back in 2014. Yeah. Um, But she's like, I don't think I could be a director. I'd like to be a producer. And she, like, talks about, like, what, you know, some of her apprehensions. And I'm like... Yay, I'm like watching this interview in the year that she's 100% going to get nominated for an Oscar. At least That's so cool. Yeah. I hope so. I really hope so. I don't know. There's no reason not to throw her a nomination. Like, yeah. Get over yourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go watch it. Oh, Carl. This was good. This was like, I I really really enjoyed this discussion. Me too. It's such a solid piece. Like it's one that I'll, I know I'll always keep coming back to like Big yeah. Little Lies. Like I was like, yep, I'm going to watch Big Little Lies this weekend again. Cause I, I want to. Yeah, no, I mean, I was like very glued into this as soon as I started, like I really yeah. binged through the entire thing in like two days. Cause I was like, Oh, this is like so compelling and great. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't really expecting that. Like I didn't really know what to expect going in. I really went in, pretty much completely blind Hmm. um yeah and i i enjoyed that experience and i definitely will watch it again yes me too yeah 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 Mm, the honorable woman hbo max you can you can get it on prime too i'm pretty sure 
I think it's you can. I feel like I also saw it somewhere else even. Maybe I'm making that up. It used but to it's be available. It's not on Netflix anymore. Yeah. It is available and it's great. Yeah. It's really great. So good. Um, yeah. Thank you, Maggie G. Thank you, Maggie. Showing us how it's done. Gracious. Once again. Literally dropping in and laying it out. Yeah. Well, thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> Until next time. Indeed. <laughs>